today on Doomed! Mail person, delivery driver, medical personnel, and professional wrestler? Apparently, all those things are essential in the age of the coronavirus pandemic. How did the WWE World Wrestling Entertainment get the pass to keep on filming out of their performance center in Florida when practically anything but food, medicine, and other essentials were shut down? We're going to find that out today on Doomed, ladies and gentlemen. Happy May Day, if you're watching live. Happy belated May Day, if you're listening to this later. Uh, you could support this show at patreon.com slash mattbinder. Subscribe to the YouTube channel at youtube.com slash mattbinder. Uh, and if you're watching live, you can do the old uh, YouTube Super Chats, and I will get to your comments first. You could ask me and my guest any question, I'll make sure I get to it live on the show. And without any further ado, my guest for this episode, honestly, who else would I go to for professional wrestling news than my dear pal, David Bixenspan? He is a journalist who is probably, I honestly can't think of anyone else, truly, who covers professional wrestling the way he does. He is beyond the dirt sheets, into the real news media, bringing you everything you need to know about professional wrestling. David Bixenspan, how you doing, buddy? Doing okay. I decided to give you a little bit of an improvised solution here, so I don't have to be seen using wearing my backwards neck pillow the whole show. Right, right. If you're not watching live on the YouTube feed... Uh, Usually, David likes to get comfortable during our conversations because they could go long. So, yes. so he 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 gets comfy. Doesn't usually want to, you know. I'm not I'm not MSNBC, CNN, Fox News. Not important enough for this guy to uh to sit in front of his computer, get out of bed for. <laughs> so, uh, but today he's 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 blessed us with a photo of himself. Yes, a cropped photo of me and Mance Warner at uh, at the uh, No Holds Barred show a few months ago. You know what? It's, be- it's better than nothing. At least you're not a voice from the heavens on the YouTube, Twitch, uh, Periscope live streams. I'm not an avatar light with the thing lighting up around it like uh, like Hal in 2001. Right, right. <laughs> now, David, usually when I have you on this show... For for my audience, it could go either way. Either I'm having you on for something that you know you need to know nothing about wrestling, but it's you know it's just how wrestling has woven itself into the politics of today. I mean, Donald Trump, uh, the president of the United States, is good friends with Vince McMahon, the owner of the world of World Wrestling Entertainment. But then there's other times I have you on where it's still political. But you need to be a little bit more into the wrestling knowledge, I, I guess you can say, to really get what's going on. And I try to make it for everyone, but everyone knows who I, listens. I'm a wrestling fan, so sometimes you and me, we get into the weeds. But yes. on this episode, uh, you can know nothing about wrestling and totally understand what's going on here. And also, uh, this shit is crazy. <laughs> 
I mean, it is nuts. And you don't need to be a wrestling fan to think this. So we really have to rewind here. Let's really take it back to the early days of the shutdowns, lockdowns, stay-at-home orders, self-quarantines. We're in early to mid-March. People are starting to realize this coronavirus shit is a, is a thing. It's, it's not just something we're hearing about that's happening in faraway uh, places overseas like China or Italy or, or Iran. Um, and there's a real question about what's going to happen to live events. I remember, I remember where I was when that first info, that bit of info came in where, uh, the NBA said season is postponed and that first NBA player, you probably know his name. I can't remember, uh, came out. I literally just saw it like an hour ago and then I forgot, but (laughs) no, for the record, WWE did not have, not have a guy who was like, Ooh, maybe I have coronavirus and started touching everything and then turned out to actually have coronavirus. No, thankfully that has not happened. Right, well, yeah, uh, honestly, I think it is worse. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> so let's, let's start from that time period, David, when yes. the first, I guess, serious organizations decide, uh, the responsible organizations decide uh, something's going on here and we got to do something different. What did the WWE decide to do? So what WWE decided to do once their hands were tied, which was, oh, I don't remember what city it was, but it was a live SmackDown. And it was a weird situation too where WWE took the very WWE tact of, denying that the sh- live event... Oh, it was Detroit. It was Detroit. I believe the local news had announced the show was canceled, I think, the Wednesday night before the Friday night SmackDown, and WWE was denying it, and then the next day they announced it themselves. That what they were doing was the live event would be canceled in Detroit, and instead, they would be taping television at their performance center, which is the very WWE name for their training center in Orlando, which has always been outfitted to be able to shoot TV at. And in fact, by sheer coincidence, was being used for a TV shoot that week for, I think, only the second time, or at least a live TV shoot, I should say, because... Uh, already dropping out. Already dropping out on me. Let's try this again. Hello? Yes. All right. Fuck this. Um, oh, you're, on, just, you're you're live on camera right now. Is that fine? Yes. Yes, that's the idea. Oh, nice. Because at least with, with my phone, it's more comfortable. The lighting here, you can tell, kind of sucks. Don't worry about uh, it. Don't worry. You, you'll, honestly, you'll honestly look like someone who is holding their phone up to do a Skype call. Literally how everyone looks like when they're holding up their phone to do some sort of call. Yeah, so at least, I mean, this way, if I drop off again, I would think the what, the cellular connection will. <laughs> he just dropped off again. <laughs> uh, you. No, it was handing off back to the Wi-Fi that time, I think. Because ah. it was coming back. Ah. Shut, why don't you shut off the Wi-Fi? Because I think it sounds fine through the cellular. Like, you don't have to worry about okay, it. Okay, so maybe I'm cut off. Okay, sure. All right. Hello? All right. All right, cool. You're on the cellular now? 
Yes. All right. So we should have no more problems. We, don't, we should have no more problems, ladies and gentlemen. So um, let's let's get to it. Uh, you were at the part where okay, so they just uh, worded came in from Detroit where that SmackDown was supposed to be held. Yes. So instead of doing a show in Detroit, what they decided to do was to do a show at the WWE Performance Center, which is the very WWE corporate speak name for their training center in Orlando, which had already happened to be set up for a TV shoot that week because uh, Full Sail University, where they normally shoot NXT on Wednesday nights, had um, had some kind of prior scheduled engagement. So the idea was always that it was going to be at, uh, at the Performance Center that week. And they did this kind of mix of a couple matches and... Um, some stuff that hadn't aired before, like from pay-per-views and okay. Was that, that was the night Austin did the weird closing comedy segment. Cause it was March 16th, right? Wasn't that, that was the, the first row. Was that the first one? I thought that was the second one. I, I don't even remember, honestly. Oh wait, that was a raw. That's right. So this would have been, so that would have been the Friday, so it would have been three days. Friday, Friday, so it would have yeah. been Friday. It was Friday the thirteenth, obviously enough. Yes. So, um, I don't remember what they ended up closing that show with, but it was it was what it was. But no one was really sure how much more of these there were going to be, and then it became clear all of them. And that's how they've been handling it since all this started. Uh, they although NXT has been back at full sale. Um, I don't know if it's a time management thing to not tape them all in one place. I don't know if it's a not having everyone in the same place thing. That's actually by design with all this, but that is taped at a separate location. And then, well, taped is a curious word right now, which we'll get into. And so when was, when was the last, was the last WB live event with, with, with fans in the audience? Was it that NXT show where they had... The uh, oh, on the so that would have been on the eleventh, I think so. Yes, that's 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 odd. Like that's just like what a stroke of uh, luck for them that they would hold something very similar to what they would be doing later on uh, for the first time before anyone knew this was going to happen. Like literally right before it all happened. Yeah, I mean they'd be able to do it anyway because the performance center has always been there. There's always been the idea that they'd be able to do TV shoots from it. But yeah, that was that was some fortuitous timing though. And like the cha- the empty chairs were still out, and that was one of the things they've changed, which was that at first they left empty chairs up and they were shooting right into it, and it 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 wasn't distracting you at all from what was going on. And then they turned where the main camera was around and all that, and it it made for a better show, but it's still there's still something missing and you need it to be wrestled and laid out in a way that's specific to that environment. And then, you know, meanwhile, uh, rival elite wrestling, they did two shows at Daly's place, which is the outdoor amphitheater that the Khan family owns adjacent to, uh, what's the name of the, their NFL stadium of, oh, uh, TIAA Bankfield, I think. And they did two shows there, first with wrestlers around ringside, second not. And then they taped several weeks in a big block 
at uh, QT Marshall's wrestling school near Atlanta, which they dressed up for TV relatively well. And then next Wednesday, they're back to doing weekly live shows. And again, back from Jacksonville because Florida, as we'll get into. Right, right. So wrestling pretty much continued on when everything else pretty much stopped, at least in terms of sporting events and live entertainment. Uh, I mean, whether you consider WWE either or uh, they're, I guess, technically both, uh, they were the only ones, both WWE and AEW. Mm -hmm. And... Well, UFC tried, but (laughs) that's a whole other story. Right, we'll get to that too, actually, because that's an interesting one. So, yes. so this all first happens. WWE and AEW keep the keep the the show going on. Uh, they you know traveling around, doing what they could without fans in attendance at pretty much you know empty arenas. WWE in their performance center. Um, and the there was t- a lot of talk about because this is right before WrestleMania, and there was a lot of talk at the time what was going to happen with WrestleMania. You know, obviously it was going to be canceled. Uh, there was a whole issue with uh, people getting their money back from all the events that happened around WrestleMania at the time, the non-WWE-sanctioned events that happened. I know WrestleCon had issues with the um, the uh, various different uh, venues and hotels to try yeah. to get their money back. But there was a, a strong push for WrestleMania to be outright canceled. But the WWE went ahead with it as a two-night event out of the Performance Center. Uh, yes. Why did it go ahead when it seems like it was a, a, you know, early, this is the first weekend in April, WrestleMania, and I feel like this is when everyone knew this shit was going to be bad, and I think, I feel like it was, like, approaching the peak in a lot of areas at that time, um, and they were holding this big show with all these wrestling talent in attendance at the Performance Center, and why? What what happened there? Why did it even like? What what was the reasoning for this to go on? Well, we have to back up a little bit though, because you have to remember, leading up to this, and really this is part of the larger conversation we have, we're having, really in a big way. When it came to whether or not either the state of Florida or the city of Tampa would force their hand, because Tampa was the host city scheduled for this year, who had won the bid. Um, Tampa and WWE were basically playing chicken. It, me and basically everyone else kept using the same phrase that Tampa was like leaving it up to WWE. WWE clearly did not want to have to make the decision themselves, whether just for appearances or for insurance reasons or whatever, which hard to say because. If South by Southwest didn't have an insurance plan that would cover their losses for a cancellation in the event of something like this, I'm not sure WWE would for WrestleMania. Right. And I just accidentally flipped the camera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, what did I do? There you go. You're back. There we go. Okay. I accidentally double tapped the thing where it shows my face on the Skype call. It's all good, man. It's all good. It's one of those so, one of those days, you know. One of those days. I'm feeling it too. Yes, I'm feeling. It is. I feel like all this is really starting to to get to me. Like I feel like it got to me in the beginning a little bit, like it was a, it was weird, yes. but it still felt new. And then there got to a point where it sort of felt like maybe this won't be so bad. It's feeling like a routine, 
But now it's getting to the point where I honestly am just feeling like exhausted all the time. Like, <laughs> yes, yes, exactly. It's like I'm. It's like all right, this is this is this is this is rough. <laughs> yes. Um, okay. So yes, back to WrestleMania. So hard to say with the insurance thing, um, but they ended up. I don't even remember. I, I don't think Tampa entirely forced their hand. Um, the, the thing is, it would have been better for the non-WWE promoters for the city to force their hand because WWE canceling isn't going to trigger, you know, the force majeure clauses in their contracts. And right. Sell. Like, you know, when it got to the point where the city was making rulings anyway, so it's like, but... You know, they kept going back and forth as far as who was going to make who do what. And then eventually they made this call. I think part of it was just they knew they were going to keep doing shows and they needed to keep the storylines moving. And also they probably weren't very bullish on their being in, in stadium WrestleMania anytime soon, which if that was the case, they were, you know, that was probably the right call. Right. Um, in that sense, at least. And so they end up doing this big block of tapings that culminates in WrestleMania, and then they took some time, took a little bit of time off. And why? Why this not? Is why, why? Why still? Why still hold WrestleMania? Like I know at that point it's just a name, pretty much. But why hold WrestleMania even at that point? Why not just postpone everything? Why not just say we'll come to Tampa for next year's WrestleMania? Uh, we'll you know we'll just hold, put everything on hold, and just push everything back. It seems like it'd be a simple solution. All those people who have tickets and flights and all that would have be able to post, like, just move their things too. I don't know. Um, again, I mean, my my gut is part. You know, who who know? I don't know if any of that would play into insurance or anything like that, but. I think part of it's probably that they were looking long-term and thinking that they were not going to be able to run anytime soon. So it's better to just have something and keep moving. Right. Um, now I want to, I want to focus cause uh, uh, this, I think, I think we're now at the point where I, I think it's starting to get obvious to a lot of people that yes. it, it, this is, this is now, you know, those first few tapings, it's like, Oh look, they're keeping it going. They're keeping people entertained while this is all happening. But then people start to realize mm-hmm. that this was, a real going to be a real thing. Like this wasn't no longer the precautionary measures. This was the real deal. And I think a lot of people started saying what, what's going on with the talent. These wrestlers are being asked to fly in from all over the world to Florida. Like these guys don't all live in Florida. A lot of them do live in the area, especially if they're, they're newer talent who first had to go to the, spend time in the performance center to then get called up to the, the TV like shows and everything. But a lot of the guys who have been around and the bigger talent and, you know, even the up and coming talent who didn't move their whole life to Florida just to be with the WWE, uh, you know, they had to fly in and, and travel to get to these tapings every week during a pandemic. Wait, I, did you ask a question at the beginning that I lost? Or... Yeah, I, was, I said, so, um, you know, what what was the, the feeling among the talent and, and how people sort of perceived you know, these guys going to these re- these events every week during this pandemic at this point. And I think everyone had reservations on every side. Um, I mean, I know I talked to people who certainly didn't want to go to work at all. 
Um, where it gets really weird is how do I put this? I guess the way the comparisons have been invited between AEW and WWE, where there are probably some areas where AEW has been better, I think, but it's a matter of degrees and no one should be running anyway. Um, I think the big one is that it seems like there's trust among the AEW talent that they're genuinely not going to be punished in any way if they choose to stay home, where it's, it seems like the WWE talent is less skeptical that Vince McMahon and company would live up to their version of the same promise. Right. So, so who, who think for, go ahead. For, for some examples, who hasn't been on TV on both those uh, on both those uh, companies? Like, who hasn't been on TV with the WWE for the past few weeks? Uh, who hasn't been on AEW for the past few weeks? Like, who do we know who has said, I'm not doing this? Okay, with so with WWE, and this really gets to the heart of a lot of the, um, I guess, the skepticism over them not getting all political and weird with people about choosing not to work, is Roman Reigns has been gone and he was going to be in basically the main event of wrestlemania against bill goldberg and he was actually planning on working and got to the tapings and apparently because uh the miz showed up with apparently just a cold or something but showing enough symptoms that he was like yeah that's it i'm out Hmm. where it gets dicey specific to Reigns is that Reigns is only in remission from his latest battle leukemia for about a year. Right. I, I remember him. I honestly, I, I, I did not know that part of the story. I didn't, I didn't realize. I remember hearing he didn't want to do it because he was worried about uh, being vulnerable because of uh, uh, his battle with leukemia. Um, but I did not know he actually got to the tapings and then decided he's out. I, I did not know that. Yep. And the thing there is, look, that decision never should have been his. It should never have gotten to the point where he would say, I'm out. Someone in his position just shouldn't be working for doing any work for WWE and, quite frankly, should be pretty much protected at home during this pandemic. Because he is immunocompromised much more than the average person. Right. And, um, and if you think about it, what they were going to do with him, it's not like, you know, Roman, we had this, we've been building this up for, for this doesn't make it any, any of it right, but I'm just putting this out here. It'd be somewhat more understandable, I guess, if it was like, hey, Roman, we're going to make sure you're taken care of, you know, make sure all the safety precautions that we can take are taken. We just need you to come for this one show because we've been promoting it. You're in the main event. You do this, and then you're home safe. Don't worry about coming in for the next couple of weeks. But from my understanding, they were going to put the title on him and build the whole program around him, which means they'd be, they would have wanted him to come in every single week for the shows. Yes. Right. Yes. So, well, it's whatever you want to say about WWE. To me, the fact that they left that up to him is one of the bigger red flags and everything that's going on. Like, even if you're cool with a promotion doing shows or doing repeated live shows where they keep flying people in, that shouldn't have happened. And for that to have happened makes it that you just can't trust their judgment on any of this at all. Um, So as far as others, 
Oh, and we should know too. Like it does seem like they're pissed at Reigns or Vince at least. Um, when they pull, when they officially were announcing that he was out of WrestleMania, they waited until SmackDown the night before the first half of WrestleMania was going to air. They had teased Triple H doing a media interview saying they had some creative way to get him to switch the match. If that happened, they taped something they decided not to air because they just announced that Braun Strowman was in the match instead without even using Roman Reigns' name. Do we have any idea what what was what happened there? Why that w- announcement was made and why it was whatever build up was next? What was taped? Yeah. No, I mean they've done a very good job about keeping more about what was happening in each t- taping from leaking. So I haven't asked just because it's not something I feel like bothering people with, right. <laughs> but. I, I mean, I the assumption kind of has been because of the way Triple H hyped it was that they taped something and then mixed it. If he hadn't said that, it would be like, oh, this is just their petty way of reacting to how Reigns handled this. Right. But they 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 must have shot something. Right. With whether it was with Reigns or not, who knows? But they must have shot something. So then, as, yeah, and he, they just haven't mentioned his name. Um, like I said, the way they they just kind of shunted him off was weird. He hasn't been like in certain video packages anymore, like the make a wish foundation stuff, which is normally the face of. So there's something going on. Um, as far as people who otherwise just have vanished, uh, Kyle Riley on NXT, who is a, is a diabetic, I believe has just been home the whole time and is not, working for the foreseeable future. Um, if there's anyone that's like, actually, I am staying home. Uh, Daniel Bryan, even though he does have autoimmune issues, has been working. Um, his wife has, even with her own connections with WWE, not pu- publicly not been very happy about all that. And I feel like I'm forgetting someone. And then on, th- but those are the big ones where it's like, I am staying home because of potential health issues. And then there are other people, whether it's just so they don't have to fly as many or whatever, that just haven't been around as much, and that's a big release. Right. But on AEW, like, they've had a bunch of notable absences, especially from the Georgia shows, because they pretty much just stuck to people who could drive in, with a few exceptions. So it was mostly Georgia and Florida-based wrestlers, which, I mean, there were plenty of on the roster. But, uh, you know... Uh, Hangman Adam Page, one after the tag team champions, has been absent for weeks. Uh, MJF, who lives in, New- in Long Island, has been absent for weeks. Uh, I mean, most, uh, I mean, really many of the top people, the Young Bucks in California, uh, Ray Phoenix, who lives in California. It's a lot of people. I mean, it, they, I think Dave Meltzer said, like, the amount of the roster that's been at the shows in the Georgia tapings was like 29% of the amount of people that would normally be spread off across all the shows. Right. And so why do these companies, why do, why does WWE and AEW feel like they need to, to do this when everyone else is pretty much understood? They, they, a, they understood the companies understood that they needed to not do this for health reasons. Uh, and the fans of, you know, entertainment shows and, and sporting events, various sporting leagues or whatever, 
those fans have understood, you know, I, I get why this is not on TV. Why do these, why do these wrestling companies feel like they need to do this? I mean, I, I'd say TV money, but that doesn't really change anything compared to say the NFL, you know? Right. Um, is there a degree of where wrestling and will be able to get away with it? Probably. Um, you know, AEW being a younger company, even with billionaire backing, probably sees the situation for them as more precarious. Right. Especially since they don't necessarily have the library content to be able to put more shows together that a WWE would. Right. Where WWE can just put here stuff that's never been on TV before from pay-per-views or whatever or, you know, God knows what. Now, how much do you, you know? They, they have, no, go ahead. Go they ahead. just have this. I was just going to say, you know, they have, you know, even if, if you count non-HD, you know, maybe not all of it's digitized, but, you know, they have, you know, this 100,000-hour library or whatever. Right. Now, this is what I think, and I, I, I think you'll agree with me, too. I think the reason why they're going and no one else is going is because their talent isn't unionized. There is no That's absolutely part of it. Yes. That there is no there is no there is no players union. There is no screen actors guild that's going to let their their members do anything during all this and all those organizations know that they cannot do anything about it. So they'll save face and just say, "Oh, you know, the the the, the shooting on this movie is shut down for now. Uh we're postponing the season for now. Season's canceled." Uh, wrestling doesn't have to worry about that because all that talent, independent contractors, without yep. a union, no protections. Yes. Now let's let's we're gonna get to the big the big Trump connection very soon. Uh, and by the way, you really should have David Starr on soon. Uh, David Starr was on, buddy. You missed it. That's right. I totally no. I did listen. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have him back on in this context. I mean. He, we, I spoke with him for like two hours, and we hit everything. Oh, he's definitely coming back on. I definitely want him back on. But we definitely—that's what I mean. Because there's a lot of new stuff, is what I mean. Right, right, definitely. You know, I listen to the show. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. It's all right. It's all good. Um, so <laughs> we were just talking about how our brains have been rotting lately. So. Right, that's true. No, I, I completely get it. So, um, yeah. <laughs> what. What uh, what was I gonna? Uh, now I'm completely lost my train of thought. We're talking about about the about union unionization and why that's probably right. one of the reasons oh, yeah, the yeah, okay. they don't have to worry about any kind of real pushback internal. I got it now. So okay, so we're we're not. I don't really quite want to spend too much time on this, but I think it's a good time to to jump on this because it's definitely part of the story. Yes. So the XFL has shut down during all this. Yes. Vince McMahon's football baby. His his yes. his XFL, which he brought back, utter failure in two thousand one, I believe it was when he first tried yes. to bring it. But this time around, all, all, gotta be honest, all I was hearing was good reviews. All I was <clears> hearing <throat> were people saying, "This is it. He's got something on his hands here. This is gonna work this time." Uh, and then this, the pandemic happens, and next thing you know, everyone loses their job, and he's filing for bank, and it's filing, the XFL is filing for bankruptcy. Yes. What what happened there? Why couldn't why couldn't why couldn't he just postpone everything? Why couldn't he put everything on hold? Um, the 
I don't know if they've given like an official answer. The probable real answer is that with the pandemic and everything, he doesn't think that there's any point in continuing because he won't be able to get any kind of well-paying TV deal. Because the, the XFL, as it stands right now, is a gamble. Um, their TV deals, while they had good TV deals in terms of the networks they were with, they were not getting a rights fee. They were just getting a production paid for, which is not nothing, but still big loss. And they were locked into that for three years. You know, this wasn't AEW who was getting production and a percentage of ad advertising. And granted, I think it was for longer term, but also got renegotiated. Right, right. But how, uh, how, how does this affect the idea? Well, why couldn't everyone's furloughed, which means everyone could get unemployment? Uh, everything's put on hold, not losing any money, from my understanding, if you do that. Uh, you know, he's not like w, uh, XFL is a, uh, a store that needs to pay rent or something. Uh, he's got the three-year TV deal locked in, so he knows when they come back next year, they're on TV. I, I don't understand it. It feels like all those people lost their job, uh, which they held for a total of, what, how many months? And uh, right during a pandemic... And, you know, you got a bunch of people who are screwed because if you're not familiar with people, the XFL football players were not getting paid an NFL salary. They're getting paid pretty much like, you know, if they were going to, to, to head into the office as like a mid-level, like they weren't getting much money. They're getting paid like geo media union entry, like salary, like 50 grand a year. Right. They weren't making, they weren't like rolling in the dough. Like, and they, of course, they're not getting all that money now because we just found out they were making that money for how much? How long? Three months? Four months? Five months, maybe? I mean, the company was going on longer. So at least on the office side, people were longer. But yeah, the players just, you know, just this season that was cut off in the middle. Right. It just seemed bizarre to me. Like there was something more going on there. I know, I know the, uh, the commissioner of the XFL is suing Vince McMahon now because. because yeah. So what happened there was basically to not have to pay him his expensive contract in the bankruptcy. Vince fired him for cause for we don't know exactly what he said the cause was, especially since uh, it turns out that their losses were under were lower than protected. So not sure what that was, but so he didn't have to have that in the bankruptcy, the expensive contract for Oliver Luck. And now Oliver Luck suing Vince personally. Vince also loaned the XFL money late, or loaned Alpha Entertainment, even though he's pretty much the owner. Uh, so he's also a priority creditor in the bankruptcy, which, no, I don't know if that's something you're normally allowed to do or not. Uh, it just seems like he was waving the white flag and wanted to do it in a way where he didn't care if he screwed people and wanted as little financial exposure as humanly possible. Got it. You know, it seems like things aren't going good for Vince McMahon, and I feel like he's taking it out on <laughs> on everyone, everyone around him. So I heard, actually, I heard that was the uh, the word, right? Yeah, and then so then this takes us, though, I guess to I guess about three. And when, weeks I, when I say right? things aren't going good for Vince McMahon, the guy's got a lot of money. When I mean not going good for Vince McMahon, I mean the guy's taking a hit to his uh, his ego, really. Yes, yes, because this was his big thing to his one last try to show that he can be more than a wrestling promoter, and he just 
had to bail out quick for not, you know, it, it seemed like though he was going in with like, well, at least I can use the excuse this time of the pandemic, whatever. But because the degree to which he's screwing people and a lot, you know, these are all people he could have paid, especially because he didn't put close to the money he was planning on long term in there, you know, and maybe, you know, really had put in less than people thought he had. Right. So like all these vendors and, you know, he publicly owned stadiums. So, you know, I think the city of St. Louis is one of the creditors, for example, like he is, he's, he's screwing some people that he really shouldn't be. Right. Wow. So that was, what, so what day was that? Was that, that was in between, was that the day before, when was that? The day before the WWE layoff started? I think it was. I think it was. But before right. we get but to every, the layoffs, I wanted to... Right. Everything I, 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 starts snowballing right. a few days earlier. I wanted, I wanted to really follow this story on the timeline. And so far we've been doing it because here we go. So yes. Florida finally catches up with the rest of, I would say, the what, the most uh, populous states in the country that are dealing with this. The ones that really, you know, you know, New York was hit really hard right up front, right up top. But then... Mm. These other states, you know, like Michigan and Florida, they're starting to get really hit too. And they're all of a sudden, they're all starting to catch up with, hey, we have to do these lockdowns and quarantines, things getting serious. So, right. Florida put in their order on uh, April 1st, I believe. Right. Which, and, is, which is why WWE needed to get all of their taping in by the end of March. Which is weeks after New York decided to tell people to stay home. So, yes. so Florida does that. They get their TV tapings in for WrestleMania. Then from what I heard was... They had a bunch of tapings already uh, set up, and that was that. They were going to just take it from there or whatever. But then all of a sudden, I hear WWE is starting to shoot live, and local authorities are giving them trouble because they're literally breaking the, the, the order. Yes. So, okay. Where's the best way to place to start with this? So, they had had... They, what they had taped was through the NXT the Wednesday after WrestleMania. So they had the WrestleMania, they had through the WrestleMania that aired on Saturday, the Saturday and Sunday, the Raw the next night on Monday, and then NXT two days after that. And they had blocks set up where they would tape several weeks over the next weekend. And they're, at some point, they had, they had taped the SmackDown for that week they had started that block, and then it's there starts being buzz on the Thursday, and it becomes official on the Friday, the Friday being the 10th of April, that Vince is saying, no, we're going to go back to doing everything live. And no one has any idea what's going on. Everyone's convinced at first, oh, God, he either got word that they're not going to get the full TV rights if he's not live for every show, or he's paranoid that that could happen, Something like that. I mean, it seems uh, like a pretty simple thing you do as the CEO of a major uh, public company like that. You literally get on the phone with the the heads of these TV channels, and you say, "Hey, under these conditions, let's let's work out something, or let's get it straight. I'm giving you guys content. Let's tape it. Like it seems like something you could find out. You don't have to just throw it up, like throw your hands in the air and say, "I guess we got to go live." Right, and I don't know how much live is really going to add because everyone's done a good job of keeping everything under wraps anyway. Right, because there's no live Not, audience. Right, right. Yes, exactly. So 
Meanwhile, everyone's wondering how this could happen anyway. Um, I, there was confusion on how really they would be doing the shows on, you know, that, that they had planned in the first place, even though people, you know, the general feeling was like, I don't like anyone running shows, but if you're going to do it, do these big batches, people can quarantine before and after if they really need to. They're not flying back and forth. They're not being, you know, in compressed tubes with recirculated air for hours flying over and back home. If you're going to do it, this is the way to do it. And all of a sudden they're abandoning that. And no, but no one's even sure how they were able to do with the other one in the first place. We do know that they had sent all the talent a letter to show that if they were pulled over by law enforcement or whatever, this is before anything came down in Florida saying that this was the case for them. I believe it was, I believe it was actually, yeah, from what I heard, and this is a, a don't hold me to this, but it makes perfect sense because of the timing, because I believe I don't, I don't have multiple sources on it. Uh, I believe it was April 1st was when they got an email saying, like, show this to cops. We're considering ourselves an essential media production. That they were trying to get in under the media exemption. As if, you know, that's really for news media, but is written with enough flex that companies try to get around it. Right. Um, and it makes sense that it would be the first, because that was the first day that, you know, that anyone going to work there would be in violation of anything. So then this comes down on the 10th. And then on, I think it was the, so that's the, so that's Friday the 10th, 11th, 12th. And then I think it was the 12th or the 13th, the Orange County mayor gets questions. And, oh no, it was the Monday. It was Monday afternoon. Orange County is where Orlando and Winter Park, Florida. And he says that something about how the governor had said they're essential media and rambles and gives this really weird, terrible, but also kind of planted sounding, even if it's sloppy answer. And later that night, uh, Mark Ramundi at ESPN, having reached out to the governor, they sent him this... Uh, Executive, I mean, it's not an executive order. It was like it was from the Office of Emergency Management, but the governor's office was the one who was sending it out. It was on their website, and it's it included sports events that were broadcast nationally, but had no audience as being allowed as essential services. There were other changes too. It wasn't just that, right? But this had come down on the Thursday, and no one knew about it until the Monday. Right. No one within WWE knew about it. No one within AEW knew about it. Uh, no one within the major sports leagues, as far as I know, knew about it. Um, I mean, I later found out there was some rumblings within Florida media about it existing, but nothing specific. So then people also put it together with how also on the Thursday – um, America First PAC, which is the official Trump re-election super PAC run by Linda McMahon, Vince's wife, the former CEO of WWE, former Trump cabinet member, etc., was allocating 
was it 18 and a half or 19 and a half million? I think it was 18, I think it was 18 and a half. Yeah. 18 and a half million of its advertising resources for the election to Florida. And I want to stress, that is what happened. Uh, a lot of people have misunderstood what it was. No one gave money to Ron DeSantis or his any potential re-election campaign of his. No one gave money to the Florida Republican Party. If you want to believe there was a quid pro quo here, I'm not saying there is. I it it looks bad. Like it, the timing obviously looks bad. But if you're going with that, understand that what you're going with is the idea that I guess with it be how it would affect down ballot races and stuff. They allocated extra money towards Florida, knowing that it would help Linda's husband's company, which is also kind of hers, but not exactly. Um, right. And there's a whole other thing there. <laughs> right. And it, but it's, it, I, I could believe it either way on that one. I mean, it's Florida. It's a swing state. It, like, obviously, they're going to devote a lot of money there anyway, and it is the official re-election path. But still not a great look as far as the timing, especially the fact that no one knew about this order for days for some reason. Um, and so that happens, and everyone's like, okay, well, clearly they're doing live, but the TV rights money's safe, so looks like everyone's okay for now. And then they start doing layoffs on uh, the Wednesday. Right. So let's let's just let's just. I, I agree with you because that's when it started blowing up. This really started yes. getting out of hand when, first of all, that DeSantis uh, order comes down. People start to realize that essential services are including these live sporting events. And, I yes. mean, really, if you think about it, uh, perhaps the idea was to convince other sporting event companies to come down to Florida because DeSantis has handled this whole thing horribly. He is closed. He closed the beaches at the last minute. I think they were closed for, geez, I don't know, a week or two before he reopened a bunch of them. Yeah. Uh, he has not been taking this seriously. I mean, it's where spring break was in full swing when all this was going on, and you saw those clips of of people of, of, of young people throwing uh, parties and events, and, and they're just chilling on the beach, and, you know, mm -hmm. DeSantis didn't do anything about it. So you have, this, you have this incompetent Republican governor down in Florida, and I think the order probably comes down without WWE specifically in mind, but in his mind, hey, let's use this opportunity to get some business for Florida. Come on down to Florida. Hold your events here where you, where you, where you, where you still can. But the only company doing that at the time at all, on a national level at least, is the WWE. So it seems like this is specifically made for the WWE, which... Yes. Well, we should note, though... The plan, uh, the, the plan Major League Baseball had and may still have to maybe do uh, an abbreviated season at spring training facilities in Florida and Arizona. That, I think, first came out on the Friday, the day after the order right. would have gone through, but before people knew it had... So, like, there was other stuff in play, and, you know, also, like, UFC had already had some kind of talks to go put stuff in Florida, um, and already knew that the Athletic Commission in Florida was game to regulate as long as shows are otherwise governmentally kosher. 
in the more general sense with the pandemic. And I mean, that is what's happening now too, but it w- I mean, this was still WWE who was benefiting from it most immediately because they were already doing stuff. Yes. All right. And then you have this, and then, and then the media picks up on Lindvik Men's big contribution to that Trump super PAC. Uh, well, it's not a Linda McMahon contribution. It, th- this was her directing the super PAC money from the super PAC that she runs. Got it. Okay. She has donated. I could pull it up. She's donated a, I guess a surprise. I don't, I mean, I don't know. It's not like I've looked into super PAC money on a pack to pack basis that much. She's donated what feels like a lot for a pack that is employing her. Right. You know, right. it's not her pack. She is not building it herself. It existed already. Um, th- th- you know, this is the pack that was involved with the Giuliani stuff. Right. Right. You know, right. I before about that. Right. before she was hired. Right. So it's not like it was new. It's not like she was seeding it herself. Right. And then she has put a, I want to say a few million, and she may actually. Uh, no, she's not the top. I think she's the number two donor. I forget who number one is. Dana White, president of the UFC, is up there too because he put in a million. But she, I, she she has put money in, um, but the money that was being earmarked for Florida, I mean that is that's media buys though, and that's from the pack. Right. So I think at the I think I think you pretty much got got it right to begin with. I think this is more of a thing where, you know, thank you, we're supporting Republican uh, candidates down ballot in Florida. That that seems way more likely than uh, I think a lot of people thought. Oh, Trump called in a favor, which, I mean, would he have to do that for, for DeSantis? No, DeSantis would help out uh, Vince McMahon, and Vince McMahon gave him a call. He doesn't need to go through Trump. Right, and Florida these days, I mean, that's arguably the state where WWE is most politically connected now. Right, right. Um, You know, they built up so much with Orlando. Yeah, I mean, You know, John Sabor, who runs, oh, I don't remember his actual title. But he handles WrestleMania bidding and all that stuff. He was someone they hired away from Orlando after Orlando gave them one of the very first big pitches. And I think they were so wowed by him that they brought him on to be their guy for that. Right. Being the guy who sorted through the different bids and pitches from the different host cities for WrestleMania and then, you know, potentially for other events as well. And... You know, they have the big presence in the Orlando area, too, with the Performance Center, with their involvement with Full Sail University, which is, I mean, it's a for-profit university, but still, they're firmly entrenched there. You know, WrestleMania was going to be in Tampa this year. One would think, assuming the world doesn't completely end, it'll be in Tampa in two years, you know, with Los Angeles already having next year. Uh, Tampa is realistically not a huge tourist market especially for wrestlemania so and again that just shows how tight they are with you know florida so if it, there was going to be somewhere it was always going to be florida anyway i guess that would kind of bend to their will if you were going to look at it that way i mean honestly it feels like i know this isn't completely accurate but it feels like every other wrestlemania is in florida nowadays I feel like Florida WrestleMania, we'll go to Los Angeles. Florida WrestleMania, hey, New York. Florida WrestleMania, uh, what's up? Uh, I don't know. Uh, what's another big area they've had a WrestleMania? New Orleans. New Orleans. Yeah, that's New pretty- Orleans is the one they did really close together because they did New Orleans in uh, 2014 and 2018. Right, right. 
Like New Orleans, not to go off track here, but New Orleans honestly feels like the perfect WrestleMania city. But we'll continue. We'll not. We'll not. We'll not. We'll not focus on that in this show. <laughs> oh, New Orleans is so good for WrestleMania. Yeah, but let's continue. Like, <laughs> so, so the Trump, the Trump, <laughs> so the Trump connection seems just to be the overall Republican connection. It's not Trump implicitly who helped out Vince. It's just that you know, it's a man. Well, is it, it could. Is, is, so you think you I think mean, it could be? Could, I don't. I mean, I think it could. I'm not saying it is. I mean, he put Vince and along with Dana White on whatever that committee to restart the economy is. Right. He's and, been tweeting. Yeah, he's been tweeting a lot more about Vince lately. All of a sudden, and that, about WWE. That's a great he, point. Because I honestly felt there was something more. And then when you were telling me about the super pack and everything. You would convince me that eh, maybe it wasn't that, you know, there's something going on there, but not, it doesn't go all the way up to Trump directly. Obviously, it's always implicit. He's the head of the Republican Party and good friends of Vince McMahon. But yeah, that's a great point. Uh, I will say I felt seen finally as a pro wrestling fan to have the CEO of the major pro wrestling company sitting on a call with the major other major sports leagues. But besides from that... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> so so you think there could be something there then? I mean, I think there could be something. And again, like, he tweeted about Triple H last week. He had tweeted, what was the thing he had tweeted about? Or no, was it was it there was a Vince tweet? Or, or was it that there may have been another tweet about Vince recently? And then also there was the thing where he was talking about the great Vince McMahon at one of the uh, coronavirus briefings. Right. I remember that. And then, he, yeah, he did wish Triple H out of nowhere, just wished him a happy anniversary for his 25th anniversary, his 25 years of being Triple H, being yes, in the which, biz. We should, I mean, we should know, like, part of that is probably also just that Vince is one of the people, that few people that Trump actually follows on Facebook. There you go. I mean, on, on Twitter, excuse me. Right. I don't know why I said Facebook. So it's like, he's just, if he's looking at Twitter, he's going to be more likely to see that, but since I mean, and Vince doesn't tweet that much, but obviously that's something he was tweeting about. Right. Well, so I'll say that he the would day that, the but... day Trump tweeted that out about Triple H, that's the day he finally became president. <laughs> For me, at least, that's the day he became my president. Ever ever since that day, I started flying my Trump flag, walking around, going. My president, Donald Trump. <laughs> that's the day for me. <laughs> so let's get to let's get to this. This is where it all to me. This is where it all starts to get. So we we've already gone to the insanity of pro wrestling continuing during the coronavirus pandemic, which leads us to all the issues with these wrestlers going to these shows, which leads us to. The DeSantis, Trump, Vince McMahon, Lindsay McMahon, Trump Super PAC possible connections in getting these orders calling pro wrestling essential, essentially, essential, essentially. Uh, but now this is where it gets to be, honestly, if you thought all that was ridiculous, this is where it gets to be ridiculous. So the essential business, WWE comes out, geez, was it a day later, two days later after this whole thing? Just a few days later at the the most. The same week, for sure. It was the Wednesday after... The, so it was the whatchamacallit, it was the order being a thing that had come out on Thursday, or that uh, was executed on Thursday, comes out on the Monday, following Monday, and then two days later on Wednesday is when 
all of a sudden there's this call and a bunch of people get laid off. Right. So the essential business, WWE, lays off essential workers who obviously were essential. They were needed at the time, but I guess apparently not. Break it down for us, David. Okay. And I'm going to pull up uh, Brandon uh, Thurston's article on WrestleNomics.com, which I will plug because he has by far the best analysis about this side of it. Right. He's, he's, he's on my short list to have him on eventually. Yes. Also, a really good independent wrestler, too, by the way. Oh. Um, okay, let's see. So this one would be, okay, yes, WWE layoffs are morally heartless and economically unnecessary. So one of the things that's just, like, spoiler, before I get to kind of the heart of what's in here, oh, it looks like the goal was to do this to cover the dividend while still meeting the original profit projections, more or less, for the quarter. So to break, it down, to, break, so to break it down for the layperson, you're saying that a bunch of people were laid off, not because WWE was in dire straits and needed to do this so they could keep running as a company. They did this just so the amount of money they said to their shareholders they would make, they still would make that money. Yes, and then be able to give out the dividend, which primarily affects Vince McMahon anyway, although I did, I did ask Brandon to do the math of if they only cut the dividend for the McMahon family members in their class of stock, how much that would have been, it wouldn't have taken care of everything, but it would have taken care of a fairly solid chunk of it. Um, all right. So where is his, I'm looking, I know he did the actual numbers here and the short version is this. Um, the bulk of the actual, savings that they're actually achieving from all the moves they made is from not shutting down and the current headquarters and selling it and building the new building nearby. That's the bulk of it. And then they're saving. Oh wait, they're saving the, they're not moving out of Titan towers anymore. Yeah. That's been deferred. God knows how long. Um, that, but that's, that's where the bulk of their actual savings coming from. And then it's like, 50 million across the whole year, give or take, that they're saving from the. No, wait, from. Or was that the total? Now I'm sure. I thought the article I was pulling up here had the numbers right in front, but it's not. Um, the point is, they easily could have afforded this. They could, they could keep all of the people they let go under contract at the same pay, and they'd still be massively profitable if not right behind their all-time record profits. Jeez. So, yes. so how many people did they lay off that we know of, obviously, because we only were told, I guess, the on-screen talents who were laid off. And I, I believe word got out about some of the producers who were usually uh, former wrestling talent who then worked backstage to help uh, plan out the matches with the, the on-screen talent. Uh, yeah. This doesn't include the number of people who work in the offices who we know were laid off, but I guess we don't know how many there are of that, do we? Yeah. The only ones that were announced by WWE were wrestlers who were basically in some kind of television role or had been because there were people that were signed to 
you know, developmental deals for NXT that weren't actually announced. Um, actually, no, I should, I should rephrase that because they didn't announce all of those. So it's hard to say what the right rule of thumb is, but basically TV wrestlers would be your people that they announced, actually announced. And that was a few dozen, but also a bunch of people from NXT. Then the wrestling producers, road agents, whatever you want to call them, it got furloughed. A lot of them, a lot of it was just older ones. Uh, the longest tenured referee, Mike Kyoto, got laid off. Um, Kerwin Silfies, uh, who's a director who had been gone at one point, but has been there for years and years and years, uh, got let go. And again, there's probably tons of people we don't know about at all. Um, but based on their actual math, um, let me find the actual press release because they they didn't give the actual numbers but they the act the way they phrased it was pretty uh still explained pretty clearly um i'm on the corporate website and it's not as easy to navigate as it should be anyway because this would be easier if i wasn't holding the phone in the one hand so trying to hit her but uh, I mean, it's it's dozens and dozens of people. We just and we don't know exactly how many, just because we we there are so many people whose names we don't know that wouldn't be announced. That even if maybe they posted on their own social media, we wouldn't know to look for them. That which it's hard to know. But it's just this is not. It's just it's not some big savings. Um, oh, here we go. Investor news section. That's what it is. The press releases. But it's not, this isn't some gigantic amount for a company that's making, you know, in TV rights fees alone, you know, at least a half billion a year. All right. Jeez, you know. Uh, so, you know, what do you, what are, what are these what are these guys who are laid off during a pandemic? What do they, what do they, what, what's, what's for them? Do they get some sort of, are, do they immediately get cut off? Is there some sort of amount of time where they're still making their money? Like, because... Because I wanted people to, to understand, if you go back and listen to at the very beginning of the pandemic in, in mid-March, I had uh, David Starr on. He's an indie, independent wrestler. And he was telling me how basically, listen to the show, please. It was a great episode. But he was telling me basically how uh, he's got no income right now because as an independent wrestler, you make your money pretty much off of doing live events. Yes, you have merch and he probably does to get some merch sales. But if you're not performing at the events, you're not getting your name out there. And you're not getting paid the the bulk of your your your, your money, and it's not like WWE where yeah. you have some sort of while you're working for them you have some sort of guarantee you get paid no matter what they do with you whether you're sitting home or whether you're on the road and performing at TV shows. Uh, indie wrestlers they get paid per appearance on these events. So so these guys who are now laid off from the WWE are they are. Do, do they have any income? Are they WWE still pay them for some amount of time? They're not going to get any new work right now. It looks like it's ninety days for the people. This isn't entirely sure, but it's like probably ninety days for the people who were on TV, and then thirty days for the people who were just kind of kicking around the performance center. Um, and it. Again, they don't really have anywhere else to go because there's no regular jobs and there's no wrestling jobs. Could these guys file for the unemployment benefits? I mean, yeah, anyone can. I mean, that's that's one good thing is that they put in all the allowances for uh, independent contractors and stuff. Right. For you know, the... It wouldn't necessarily be the same money 
in some of these roles, but in some cases, I mean, it's, it's not bad. Right. Um, again, you know, applying for it can be a motherfucker right now, but right. it's, you know, especially in Florida, because so many of these people are living in Florida, because Florida's had so many issues with their unemployment site. Right. Um, so that, that does complicate it. Right. Uh, real quick, so I don't forget, this is what was in the press release about their COVID-19 business stuff. The company's reductions in employee compensation and headcount result in estimated monthly savings of $4 million. Okay, so I was right about uh, – it was about $50 million for the year. Uh, al- along with cash flow – I dropped my phone – cash flow improvement <laughs> of $140 million primarily from the deferral in spending on the company's new headquarters. And also it noted that they have substantial financial resources, both available cash and debt capacity – in which currently total approximately half a billion to manage the challenges ahead. So they also have half a billion of cash and credit that they haven't touched. Right. And uh, so across the whole, so across the quarter, it's 12, across a quarter, it's 12 million. Across the whole year, it's about 48. Now this, that's, that's it. And this is not just wrestlers. This is ever. So that's everyone. Now, now, am I right that something happened where WWE was actually doing uh, PSA, uh, public service announcements, I forgot what the organization was, telling people, ad council? telling people to stay home? Yeah. Uh, they did an ad council PSA about social distancing and hand washing and all that good stuff. Yes. Um, did it, did it, I remember seeing that they stopped doing like it was they they stopped doing the commercials or something like that. It came back to bite them in the oh, ass somehow, I didn't see right? That. Maybe I'm maybe I, I missed maybe like maybe I I'm telling you, dude. There's so much news all the time now that sometimes when I'm I'm recalling something, I've found myself like combining two separate stories. So I could be literally talking about something that's not wrestling related at all right now that I thought was. There's so much news right now. Do you feel the same yes. way as someone who covers like just always paying attention to the news cycle? Like I've been, yes. I've, I've paid, like I've been a part of crazy news cycles where I've been just constantly being bombarded with story after story after story of all different, like that spans all different like uh, uh, industries and 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 happenings. You know, local news, national news, political, uh, business, uh, whatever. I feel like there has never been a time where I've been so bombarded like I am right now. It is insane. Oh, there was a p- point several weeks back where I think I was talking to my mom on the phone, and I was just like, I was just kind of lamenting how I think when I had moved, I think maybe I misplaced some of my 1099s, and I didn't want to have to reach out to the different, you know, accounting people at the different freelance clients, and to get to get the taxes together, and then. It turned out I had missed the whole thing about tax being delayed three months. Right. I mean, right. And it was pretty big. It's a pretty big thing. But yeah, it's is... a big thing to miss. But it also was not like even the main coronavirus story that right. day or anything like it. Right. Right. Um, so, David, so where were we actually before I interrupted myself with the? Uh... No, you just uh, you just laid out the uh, the reserves they had. Right. No, but before that, where were we? Uh, just oh, we were talking about independent wrestling. Yeah, and how they yes. were, so, yeah, what they're, yeah, what they're up to. So, David, is there anything well, else? Well, and also, well, and also, don't forget that the ones who were working were gonna wrestle WrestleMania weekend also missed out on their big money weekend of the year, where they right. get all the extra bookings and sell more merchandise. 
job. Right. It's 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 so, the 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 craziest thing from a wrestling perspective for me about all this is that literally if we just moved everything up by three weeks, WrestleMania would have happened. That's what's so insane about this because if you watch the I think it was the last weekend in February, WWE is holding a pay per view in a sold out arena, the Elimination yes. Chamber. It's it's so yes. stunning to me to see that just. Literally, like a week or two before these lockdowns started coming down, you look at the WWE's pay-per-view right before WrestleMania, and it's a packed crowd in a arena, and you have like what was it like eight nine wrestlers in a cage fighting each other at the same time? It's crazy. And then two weeks later, yeah, <laughs> that was a very long two weeks. Right. Just insanity. Now, now, David, what's 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 it? Ugh, I'm repeating myself a hundred times as I stutter here. Uh, what yeah. is what does it look like for professional wrestling going fo- going forward right now? Is this just the new normal for the time being? They've they've come to you know poor. I've said this before. Poor you know Drew McIntyre who had his big WrestleMania moment, finally winning his world title in front of nobody. But uh, what is the what is the outlook now? It's just they're gonna just keep doing these empty arena shows until I mean from the looks of it I don't know when they're going to stop doing these type of shows I, I don't know when live events are going to be the absolute last thing to come back yeah I mean and Vince is talking like they may need to reevaluate how much they do at all because live events had been losing money for it was something like six of the last seven quarters so they're planning on maybe doing empty arena shows for the TV shows for good is what you're saying I don't know if I'd say empty arena, but they're definitely rethinking things and doing more of these cinematic matches. Like, see, to they, me, to they they're rethinking. They, they they seem to be using this as a as a way to maybe redo how they how the whole business is going forward. I mean, the 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 live event thing isn't surprising. I mean, the way I've, I I kind of looked at it for the last you know however long now that they were really getting to the point of losing money is. I felt like it would take it would take something big for WWE to cancel them because the like the charitable arm of WWE WWE I mean this isn't to slight the work they're doing but a big reason that WWE is such a strong partner of like Make a Wish is who else are the big celebrities that are going to be going into like the smaller markets that WWE has live events in right. Right. You know, you're not going to get as big a star as, you know, at one point Cena or even, but even a Reigns or whoever going into uh, just to, you know, throw a name out there, Quad Cities, Laredo, Texas, whatever. Right. I mean, honestly. And that's a big deal. And that's a big part of what WWE does these days. So, like, there was part of me that could see them, like, being like, okay, we lose a few million dollars a year, but this is such a part of what we do as a company to have these tours. And otherwise, we wouldn't be going into these places. But now, the pandemic is, I guess, the thing that'll that could shake that up. I mean, I can't. I mean, I'm sorry, but wrestling without a crowd. I mean, I'm happy there. There's no crowd right now. Yeah. But if this is the long term scenario, wrestling without a crowd. I don't think is, it is. Like, if you wanna, if you wanna do more of these, like, or empty, empty arena matches, empty arena shows, I think it works for for, for sometimes, you know, or, or even have a regular. You know, if you want to cut down the cost of wrestlers' travel and, and do this for like one show a week or something, 
but the idea that you wouldn't have a live wrestling crowd is for for good is is, is stunning to me. Uh, I think that I think it's more doing more of the cinematic matches, doing less house shows, and maybe doing some degree of less arena size. Now, I don't think I, I, th- I think they've been working their wrestlers too too hard. These, these house shows are seem to be pointless at, at this at this uh, play point in time. To be honest, the idea that you would have these non televised yeah. events that just live in that moment, then you would have these guys go out, put their body on the line. You know, every slam they take is a potential for something to go wrong. Um, I mean, every bump a wrestler takes is the equivalent of like a thirty mile an hour car. There you go. Yeah, I mean. The house shows I could see cutting back on. Maybe you don't do those anymore. But the you know if you're gonna do a, a televised event, you should have it in front of a crowd. That way these guys get their you know. Yeah. I'm sure they like it better too. I mean, this can't be uh, yeah. this can't be too fun for them to just do it in front of nobody. Oh, I couldn't believe they went ahead with the ladder match at WrestleMania for that reason because it's like I can't imagine a wrestler doing that type of match without the adrenaline of the crowd. Right. Right. It's got to be difficult. Right. Like that had to suck for those guys. It's, it's like the... there were some, there were some tricks they did put a crash pad out carefully placed for one big bump to the floor, but like otherwise it was they were still going out there falling on ladders and stuff. Go yeah. ahead. It's, it's like assuming that you know that there will never be a live concert again and all bands will just play in front of a camera live well, stream I, to your home. Right. It's like I don't see that. Yeah, I mean maybe venues will be different. Maybe the how we act at them or how they present themselves. There'll be probably safety precautions. I'm sure there'll be a lot of, you know, sanitizer and all that sort of stuff. But the idea that they just would no longer be a live communal experience seems seems like it would be crazy to me. But who knows? I mean, who knows yeah. anymore what's going to happen? I mean, I got no idea at this point. I, I don't even... I I I am exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> this has been quite the few months, you know? Uh, yeah. And I, and I moved right before all this, after I had my whole moving ordeal with the, where I had the, where with the losing the apartments and then finally getting a place on short notice and getting moved and settled in. And it's like nothing against my new roommates, but it's weird to be going through this with new roommates. Oh, right, right. Cause you don't, you don't know them yet. Right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it's one thing I do hope that happens, but it's not going to, is mm-hmm. that I hope there's a lot of good changes from this. I mean, there should definitely be a look at how, you know, mo- the modern workplace is. I mean, we're now seeing that a lot of people don't have to travel. I mean, obviously, if I was uh, in a band, like I mentioned, or a wrestler, anyone who worked in a live entertainment industry, you want to continue to travel. That's the job. But if you are someone who works in your office, literally, why are you polluting the environment, doing all this other stuff when you could literally just be working from home. That seems like a major change that could happen with a lot of these companies that have like, you know, software developers come in just to go from the computer at their house to the computer in the office. I mean, it sort of makes no sense. Uh, You know, obviously a lot of governmental policies, uh, social safety nets, healthcare, all these things that I'm mentioning right now, the should be changed. Which probably will not be changed at all, I guess. Now that I'm, you know, as as I'm saying it. Yeah. I, it. I. I mean, some of this is depending on how long some of this is going to go, and then especially if, like, 
who knows what happens if Florida and Georgia fuck everyone else up, in the, you know, in the next several weeks. Right. We don't know what's going to happen with all the Florida and Georgia rolling this stuff back, rolling their orders back. I mean, we already see Georgia has had their large, their, their biggest, um, their biggest number of positive cases since, uh, period after the, uh, these, uh, business closure orders were rolled back. Right. Right. And, I don't know how it is out for you in Queens, but I like, I feel like, you know, my, my, one of my roommates, who does actually have to still go out for work every day. Cause he works at a, I think it's a, uh, like a animal hospital. Like he tells me things have been getting worse again, as far as the trains getting, I don't know if crowded would be the word, but more crowded. Right. Um, but like when I've had to go, when I've had to go out, I feel like people have mostly been doing what they should be doing. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, when I go out to get food or, or some basic necessities, uh, A, most people who are out are, A, also doing the same thing, or B, work at those places. And uh, everyone who's out is wearing a mask now. Well, where I am in Queens, uh, I don't know if this is by you. I, I know Governor mm. Cuomo is, has made the has said he wants everyone wearing a mask. But for me, I live in a... In, in, in Queens, the right main, uh, flushing. Yes. And every place here requires a mask. You cannot go into the establishment if you're not wearing a mask now. Uh, a, every Everywhere I've been lately has been requiring masks. Yeah, yes. you, there's a sign on the door that says no mask, no service. Don't come in without a mask. So, yeah, I mean, I also wonder, we're, we're also in a bubble here in New York. I really do wonder now when you when you see all this stuff happening outside of New York, all these protests and everything. I know those protests still are very small, but I do wonder how much life has changed for people in states other than New York. Uh, maybe New Jersey is also quite close to how New York is because they're the second most. But you know, I wonder how uh, people are going about their lives in Georgia, how people are going about their lives in uh, Missouri, in California, in Washington State. I mean. Uh, it's got to be completely different than how it is here. It is, but like in some ways, like here we're all doing and going along with this, but we don't have our own cars for the most part, you know, like there are areas there ahead of us in which running a quick errand or something is easier for them. And in where you know what I mean? This disrupts someone living in New York City more in many ways because of the reliance on public transit and the like. Right. right. I mean, so, and, and the public transit situation here is... Uh, what The things I'm hearing about the, uh, the uh, people who work for the MTA who've, who've, who've died from this is just horrible. Uh, the idea that, listen, there's, like, there's implicit dangers of a job and the idea that you would get sick and die from a virus while helping the trains run is just fucking gross. It's really sad. I mean, no one should be dying from this, but I, I mean, you know, if you're a, a doctor who works in the, with these sorts of things, you know the chances are you're going to get sick, even if it's not as something as serious as this. You know, an MTA worker is, is, is just, you know, that's just depressing, to be quite honest. And they're the ones who are helping these essential workers get to where they got to go. Yeah. The same for any essential worker who is outside the medical field. I mean, medical field as well. But it's even less understandable to me if you're just, you know, 
a server at a fast food restaurant or something like that and you get sick and die because of your job. That's just horrendous, horrible. It's just, it's making me like get, I get yeah. upset thinking of the teachers who have passed on from this, the public school teachers. It's just Christ, man, you know? All right. Yeah, and then, and then, hey, the, oh, look, the countries where things have actually been getting better at a decent rate have been recompensating the people who aren't able to work because of their jobs being non-essential and blah 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 right like it's it's not rocket science right you know we could i could we could i had a whole rant earlier today about about this in terms of all you see all these protests happening and again very small numbers and they're usually these people are usually conservative leaning or whatever but they're they're some of their messages is that we need to end the lockdowns. The government has failed us. We need to end the lockdowns. We need to get back to work. Well, you're correct. The government has failed you. But it's not because of the lockdowns. The lockdowns are the correct move. You shouldn't be protesting. You shouldn't be worrying about your business or your job. You shouldn't be worrying about feeding your family. Because what should have happened is, like it's happened in every other country, is that you get locked down and the government either provides you with money close to, if not at your salary level, make sure your rent and everything is covered, make sure you have your basic necessities. I know some countries are even full out just providing food for everyone. And we're just not doing that. And that's where we failed. You wouldn't be worrying about your job and your business and your rent if we were doing what every other country was doing. And that's just, that's just the real sad part of it. And the essential workers would be literally people who absolutely need to work because people's lives depend on it because someone needs to take care of the sick. That's simple. Yeah. yeah. I mean, yep. it's... To end with... I, I'll, I'll throw this at you just as a bright spot. Uh, like, in all this... I mean, it's, it's a, it's a pandemic-specific thing, but I've been happy to see it. So I'll buy you... Do you have, like... A mask and hand sanitizer guy. We have people in Flushing at major intersection hawking masks for a lot more than they're worth. That's the closest we've got to whatever you're about to tell. Okay, me. when okay, because out by me there is they have they're a table outside a pharmacy, but they have a license and everything, and they are not gouging, and they have good supplies of everything, and now they're there every day, and. But they're not like that's the thing. They are not gouging people. Yeah, like not some of the stuff. Here. Really, yeah. I mean, some of the stuff costs a little. You know, some of the stuff costs a little more than it would have before. But, right. like you know, I got my cloth masks there. They were like four each or three for eleven or something. And they, you know, hand sanitizer for just some of it's a little more expensive than before, but not in any close to a ridiculous way. And they have the different types of masks and stuff. And it's like especially when like not everyone's going to be making something out of a t-shirt or whatever. It's like people need masks, especially now store people might be out and not realize they need to get a mask to go into the store. Right. Like it's nice to see someone who's actually able to get their hands on the stuff and doing it in a way that's, you know, not ripping people off or anything. And it sucks that there are still plenty of people doing it that way well for me for me the the thing that amazes me and makes me a little bit you know feel positively is that if you were to tell me 
that the people in this country would all agree to, for the most part, to stay inside because of a pandemic. And oh, I did not think it would go close to as well as it has. No. Yes, it is insane to me, and in a good way. And it's one of the very—it's honestly one of the very, very few times in my thirty-four years, clo close to thirty-four years living uh, alive, where I've seen people in this country act in a way that shocked me in a positive way. Uh, it, it's it's stunning to me. Like when I see those people protesting, it's like literally, literally I get it. It's horrendous to see those people do it. It's angering. But when you look at those numbers and then you compare it to the amount of people who've been listening to this, I mean, I, I would have I mean, never it, guessed I mean, it, man. I Republicans are overwhelmingly in favor of all the social distancing and the, and the uh, stay-at-home stuff. Yeah. Like, it's not, like the people that are being astroturfed into doing these protests, like, even, even in the Republicans, they're not close to mainstream. Like, right. The general public is in overwhelming agreement on yeah, this, I which I, I honestly would not have expected. I don't. I think I saw something close to seventy percent of people said this was the right thing to do and to continue doing it. I it just it baffles me. It baffles me, and I've never been baffled in a good way <laughs> by people in this country before. You know, it's it's you know, it, it's, I, I'm, I'm speechless. It's stunning to me, and I guess if there's any hope that good can come out of things. And this is one of those rare instances. I mean, it's, I would have never thought in a million years. All right, David, I really appreciate you coming on the show and talking about this WWE stuff with me. You know, it was blowing up. I haven't seen WWE talked about in this way in the mainstream since, geez, God, I don't, I don't even know. Since maybe Linda McMahon got her cabinet, got thrown in Trump's cabinet in 2017 and, even before that, with Benoit, I mean, it's not every day WWE is part of the uh, the mainstream news cycle in the way they were with uh, the fact that they were considered an essential business. Yeah, I I don't know what the best comparison would be, but it it was definitely it was building up momentum as a story in a way that nothing really had in a while. Like even even the even the Saudi stuff around the WWE specific Saudi stuff after. Khashoggi was assassinated really I guess <laughs> Forgot it, was, all about it, that. Was, it was a small part I know I guess because it was a small part of that bigger story it, it, like that didn't build up like this did well, um, I, I just gotta clarify for a second I didn't forget about Khashoggi I forgot about the WWE going to Saudi Arabia right after that happened and there being a whole literally on yeah. the one month anniversary of him being killed and dismembered right and then we're forgetting that there was just a whole big uh uh, well, I'm forgetting, and I just reminded myself now, of that whole big hubbub that happened last time they were in Saudi Arabia, where rumor has it, wrestlers were held hostage and weren't allowed to leave the country because of a beef between Vince McMahon and uh, MBS. They actually did go back since then. In, uh, it was in February, actually. They went in February? But it was, uh, yeah, that was, that was when Goldberg won the title. Oh shit! I forgot about that. And people went after all that. I forgot about that. See, that's crazy. Again, yeah, they, it was a much more scaled down number of wrestlers. Like most of the previous Saudi cards had, had like ridiculous numbers of wrestlers. I, I on bet the there's card. a lot of guys who didn't want to go back. Yeah, it's that's a, literally yes, literally like a wrestler. Literally like someone told like messaged me like, hey, you might want to check with people. I heard there's like there might be something going on with the plane or something in Saudi Arabia. I messaged one of the wrestlers 
and I'd have to pull up the exact wording, but it was something to the effect of, I think we might be held hostage. Jeez. And this is a guy on the roster? Yes. Wow. You're going to have to tell me off the record when we're done with this who it was. Because <laughs> I'm yes. dying to know. Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, they went to... They went overseas in February, right before. I mean, not even right before all this. Overseas is where it all was, was already happening in February. Yeah, and then oh, we didn't even talk about how they had a COVID nineteen positive. Oh, they did. Right, right. Who, who do we know who it was? We don't know who it was. It was, it was a non wrestler performer. So a manager or a referee? No, a referee. I think would be... it was. Well, they said not on the roster, so probably an announcer. Is there someone we haven't was Ryan seen? Staten, who gave a little bit too many details. Um, who was it? Drop it. it. Uh, Drop it. I don't remember getting a specific name, and I think anyone who was speculated has come back. Um, but it was after, like, apparently they went out with, like, frontline healthcare workers after WrestleMania wrapped. And, like, Which seems like a... Okay. Good good judgment there. Yeah. Uh, seems like not a good idea to, to do. No, it's really not a good idea. I mean, I mean, I'm, I read stories every day about the, uh, the, 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 the doctor who's also a mother and had to bring her kids months ago to the grandparents' house or to another family member's house where they've been staying and they haven't seen their kids other than behind a glass window since this because they knew not to live in the same house with people who were also not working in a hospital every single day. Yeah, I mean, they didn't. Thankfully, they didn't expose anyone at work because of that, because it was after WrestleMania wraps. But, yeah, um, there was that whole thing, and then, you know, that came out. And, God, I feel like there's a bunch that happened that we might be forgetting then, too, because the fact that we forgot about that. Um, there was a, there was so much that happened, and I've been, I've been like, I've been doing a lot of sh- I've been doing more shows than usual. I do about, I went from doing, like, you know, four shows a, a month to about like five or six shows a month, which, you know, it doesn't sound like that much anymore. But when you have these clothes, these shows so, so close together, I feels and it feels forever to me. <laughs> it feels like I'm doing a ton more, but um, yeah, I'm glad I've been doing them. But yeah, I, every time there's just so much going on, I had to up the amount of, I had to throw in an extra show or two a month. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like in a weird way, like I, I kind of miss, like, even though in a, in a way, like, I kind of, it's kind of nice to not hear about as much of all this. Like, I kind of miss that, like, you and, like, I'm not hearing about as much of the Hell World stuff from, like, you and Jared Holt and the like. Right. Um, well, but this is a whole different it's Hell also, World. You know what I mean. Yeah, we've, uh, we've fallen in a different dimension and we've got the a Hell new Hell World. world yeah. As opposed to the current Hell World. Right. Um, but it's, but it's, like, it's, it's it's weird to have that out of my routine that the coronavirus stuff has kind of supplanted a lot of that. I did do a great episode a couple of weeks ago. Uh, when I say great, and I'm patting myself on the back, I'm talking about my guest was really good. Uh, yes. About how white supremacists are using the uh, the pandemic to push their agenda. So if you want some of that old school hell world mixed with the new school hell world, check out <laughs> check out that episode of the show. There you go. <laughs> All right, David. Thank you for joining me tonight. Uh, where could people find your latest? 
Uh, follow me on Twitter at David Bix. Um, I should have at least one big article coming out next week. I cannot necessarily say what it is right now because it is, I think, was sitting with a lawyer the last I heard. Um, and I should have a fairly big feature coming as well within the next few weeks, something Something that I was has have been working on for a long time and got delayed. It, like it was going to happen, then got delayed because of editors being drafted to coronavirus teams. And basically, thankfully, I was able to use everything we talked about on this show as kind of like an argument why this is our opening to be able to get the article through, which is good because I it I had been waiting on this one for a while. So that so should have a few things coming. Of course. Uh, podcast between the sheets myself and chris elmer every week uh pick a week in wrestling history and go over how it was covered and all that and we also got our patreon where we do deep dives on bigger topics going through the long-term coverage just had a new show go up and we also uh we put up one of our past deep dives on the free feed so if people want to hear what the patreon shows sound like uh then they can check that out as well all right david bixton span thank you so much for joining me tonight buddy uh stay safe uh Hope you come on again uh, soon. I'm sure you will. If, we, if, if those stories are, yes. if those stories are like you've built them up, then buddy, you better come on this show because I'm dying to know what you're talking about. <laughs> we'll talk off air. I'm trying to figure out in my head right now how much of them are like specific to Doom, but we'll see. All right, cool. Have a good night, man. Sam, dear. Peace. Bloop bloop. All right, folks. Let's go straight to the second half of the show. Uh, you can support this show by going to patreon.com slash Matt Binder. We were, we were literally two patrons away, two patrons away from hitting the goal. And then the first of the month came and we lost four patrons. Uh, it happens, especially during this, this, uh, crisis. I totally understand. So if you got to if you got to jump, jump, but if you... If you, uh, if you, uh, I'm having a mental block right now. If you cannot afford to become a member, that's totally cool. If you can, please do so. Otherwise, uh, uh that's, 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 that's the deal. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. I'm exhausted. But we'll do a short, uh, member show because I, I want to give my members a little something. Uh, youtube.com slash Matt Binder. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, doomedpod.com for the audio podcast. You can also get the audio podcast from iTunes, Google Play, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Leave an iTunes review. Uh, tell your favorite YouTubers, podcasters, about uh, that you want to see me on their show. Tell me about your favorite YouTubers and podcasters so I can have them on this show. Um... If you want to come on this show, again, I'm, I actually have a spreadsheet now. I'm going to have the first guest from that call, that open call for, for people to come on the show during this pandemic. I'm having my first guest from that on next week. I hope to do another one of those next week, too. I'd like to do two of those next week because uh, they should be fun, shoot-the-shit type shows. Uh, not, they're not going to be nothing. I already have a, this next guest has a real story to tell me in terms of what he's been doing. And I probably would have had this person on regardless of his answering, answering my open, the open call. But it's, you know, these shows are going to be uh, interesting in terms of I think we might cover some things that we don't usually. Although, again, this next one is a bad example because it's definitely something we would have covered on this show. 
<laughs> it's late, guys. I'm tired. It's been a long two months. Uh, what else? What else? What else? What else? Um, I think that's it. Oh, let me read the uh, the patrons. Oh, the uh, the super chats. We're all from Renee today. Happy May Day. Uh, and then he sent me a link to how China is holding Sanda Sancho matches during the pandemic. They're doing uh, combat sports during the pandemic and how they're doing it. Thank you, Renee. And the patrons. The show is not doesn't exist without you guys. I'm doing it in reverse order this time, so we get the people who are usually stuck at the end at the beginning. Zoe G, Wootopian, Why That Tie Guy, Tom M, Tina M, This Is Not Pizza, Terrence R, Tamney G, TM, Steve A, Stephen S, Stephen R, Silicone Baby, Sheena A, Sean H, Seth K, Scott R, Ryan, Remy S, Rad Dad, Custer, Penelope D, Paul M, Odeth, Nolstyle, Namde Net, Nicole A, NS, Mr. Danks, Michael M, Michael uh, J, Michael B, Mitch V, User Me, Max W, Mark S, Mariah, Lisa D, Kaushal, Katie S, Justin S, Joyce M, Joseph R, Joseph H, Jonathan B, John S, John B, JLS, Jeremy M, Jasmine H, Janelle A, Jamison Test, Jacob W, Jack D, Igor D, Hitesh, Grim L, Greg D, Gray Wind, FTW, Free Hat, Fraz K, Eugene B, Dragon Slayer, Douglas V, Doug H, Daya, David Z, Dave K, Dank Uger, Dan K, User D, Cynthia J, CT, uh, A, Crackle, Cracker Barrel, Connor R, Colin R, Cindy G, Christine H, Chris F, Champagne Kami, Brosnan, Bobby M, Benji, Ben, Baka, Ari R, Angela, Andrew H, Andrew C, Amanda H, Alan B, Adam Q, and Abigail T. All right, folks, stick around for the patron half. Otherwise, see you all next time on Doomed.